Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast, a showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. I'm Maurice Cherry, and before I get into this week's interview, I want you to check out our 2013 Holiday Gift Guide. We've got a little something for everyone at a bunch of different price ranges. Just go to revisionpath.com and do a search for our Holiday Gift Guide. This week, I talked with Michael Roach, a composer and designer in Albany, New York. Here we go. Okay, so tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, my name is Michael Roach. I am an artist, um, probably first and foremost. Um, I'm also a musician, developer, and designer. Okay, musician. What, what do you uh, do? You play? Do you sing? Um, I play piano. I'm a jazz pianist. Nice. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's very cool. Uh, it's something I enjoy doing a whole lot. Um, it wasn't the first thing that I started doing. I think I was an artist, um, visual artist, before I even realized that music was something that I was really interested in. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Did you? I'm assuming then, based on what you're saying, you probably had a pretty creative childhood. Yes, um, very much so. Um, I was always drawing. Um, when other kids were running outside and doing various things, digging up uh, dirt and playing with all kinds of you know, things in nature, I was drawing with a pen and a piece of paper or a pencil and sketching and things like that. When did you go into music? Um, I got into music um, right around the time I was around 10 or 11. Okay. Um, my family always had a piano in the house, um, and my sister did at one point take lessons, but it really wasn't touched. Um, it wasn't touched a whole lot um, by either of us until, you know, I, I had an interest in maybe taking some piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my father did play a little bit, um, but he wasn't a pianist by any stretch. He just like he loved music and wa- always wanted to keep uh, an instrument in the house. Okay. So did you play? I'm assuming you played all through high school. Did you play through college too? Uh, yes. Um, I did. I started off started off with classical music, and um, it was interesting because after starting off with classical music, I. I mean, I, I did enjoy classical music to a certain extent at the time, um, but I wanted to play a lot of other kinds of music, and I quit. <laughs> so um, it wasn't until I saw a jazz concert when I was a youth, uh, and it really inspired me to maybe pick up the piano again after you know a year and a half of actual lessons. So mm-hmm. I came back to it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I pretty much taught myself. And you're still playing now? Yes, still playing now. And, um, and your, your wife is a musician, too. Yes, um, she is a, a string player. She's a cellist. Nice. Uh, she plays all the strings, and we uh, compose music together. Um, and it's, it's interesting having living in a musical household and it hasn't just stopped with just be, just between the two of us uh-huh. uh the whole family uh plays some instrument in the house so um there's always a, a musical situation <laughs> uh usually uh what do you, what do your kids play uh, my son plays cello okay and um he started off in violin uh, my daughter was 
also playing um, a little bit of cello, but she got into guitar, and now she's thinking of another instrument. Nice, nice. Yeah. I played uh, I played trombone. Well, no, it's funny. I, I started off, I wanted to play saxophone uh-huh. in, in like seventh grade or something. Wanted to play saxophone, couldn't get it. Wanted to play trumpet. The mouthpiece was too small. Switched to trombone, and I was like, that was it. So I played, <laughs> I played trombone uh, all through middle school, all through high school, all through college. I played for a few years outside of college for a few bands. Nice. And I kind of, it kind of just tapered off as I got more into design. I, it was weird how I found the music part sort of tapering off. But it seems like for you, you kind of are able to do both in tandem. Uh, yeah. Um, it, yeah, sometimes I find that um, they sometimes conflict with each other. Um, or there may have, may have been times when I had to completely switch gears. Uh, I remember working you know with one one particular job in the summer uh, you know in an office as a programmer uh, working from nine to five and then at six o'clock I had to be at a resort playing solo jazz piano you know from six to ten mm-hmm. or from eight to twelve at night uh, so completely switching gears turning off the analytical side you know, once five o'clock hits, right. and then going into um, you know m- music mode or or uh, creative end of things, where you know improvisation is a, a huge part of you know jazz jazz playing. Nice. Uh, how does your music? I know you said you kind of had to turn it off, but does your music help you now when you do design? Absolutely. Um, there's always something on. Uh, more often than not, there's always something on in the background. Um, it's often jazz, but I do tend to, uh, listen to some rock, a lot of classic rock as well. I'll try to throw in a little bit of classical music because, um, there are some classical listeners in the house, Uh but, um, yeah, music is, is a huge part of, uh, me trying to dig in or get into like a visual, uh, create, creative, um, realm, basically. It kind of helps you visualize certain I, I do that too when i'm especially when i'm designing uh some type of of period piece or right. if i need to hit a certain mood or evoke a certain mood i know what music reminds me of that mm-hmm. so i'll try to find the music and then play the music while i'm designing and i find that does sort of uh that sort of helps you know as you know it's sort of the hybrid musician designer I, I totally get that i get that how did you sort of get more into design then uh, well, I got into design um, when I realized that uh, technology was changing um, how people were creating things. Mm-hmm. Um, for illustration, for example, uh, I was a big-time uh, illustration person. I noticed at one point years ago that people were using tablets um, to with you know a stylus so that they can transfer whatever it is they saw or pictured in their head to to the screen mm-hmm. um, using uh, software packages like Painter. Um, and I remember Paint Shop Pro and, you know, Corel Draw. And I think that was... And then shortly after that, I began to see a lot of vector uh, art being created, which is, in my mind, it was a little bit different because we're using a lot of... Uh, shapes, pen tools, uh, which was different in my mind from freehand drawing. So I, w- 
it was interesting to see how people were creating different kinds of media with with software and making that interface with a screen or something that seemed you you have a a blank slate in front of you mm-hmm. almost like a blank sheet of paper but um paper just seems so natural to someone that wants to to draw something um, but if you have a screen in front of you, how do you start to create something from scratch if you're looking at a blank screen or a screen with a canvas that's completely you know, white with a bunch of tools on the side telling you um, with menus like file and edit that you can pull down? Mm-hmm. How, do you be, how do you start being creative with something like that? It's, so that was one sort thing of like It sort of reminds me of sight reading in a way. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to transform, you know, uh, w- maybe what somebody else had in mind into, you know, a finished piece of work. Right. Yeah. So I know that we, we talked a little bit uh, before kind of about the work that you're doing right now. And, and we sort of discussed that you're in a, a bit of an interesting position. I think it's a position that people that are listening to this uh, would empathize with. You're, you're looking for freelance work right now. Right. And you're also looking for that that full time opportunity. Mm-hmm. Are you doing what sort of freelance work are you doing right now with with clients? Uh, well, lately it's been um, a bunch of uh, consulting, mm-hmm. where someone uh, has an idea in mind uh, for a website, and they may not know what direction to go in. Um, it may you know, usually end up being a discussion about WordPress um, and maybe some plugins that they could use to accomplish certain kinds of things. And it's almost like leading the person into uh, a direction um, that they can go and maybe do some more research themselves before they actually start to develop more of a concrete idea of what they really need. Mm -hmm. So um, lately, that's been a lot of what I've been doing. Uh, as far as working with other people and clients, um, yeah. What sort of uh, full-time opportunity are you looking for? Is it mostly just straight on, like web design, or is it more graphic design? Well, um, it's interesting uh, because I've been in situations before where designers are on one side of the office and developers are on the other side of the office, mm-hmm. and I, I always thought that you know somehow they could you know talk with each other or communicate with each other i've i've heard a lot of stories in certain situations where they may not have uh, a a good time communicating with each other for whatever reason because it's a different language that they speak to get projects completed and being on the development side and then also uh, having some design sense and working within design, I wanted to kind of bring those two things together and somehow do some sort of creative direction. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that motivated me to start my own business a few years back. So, um, What's the name of your business? Um, at the time, it was Immediate Media. Okay. And um, I was trying to find a way to utilize um, some of my development background and try to match it with some design and something creative and it was uh, basically a digital signage uh, advertisement company Mm -hmm. and I was trying to um, basically talk to local businesses small and medium-sized businesses to 
see if I could bring digital signage to their business, uh, maybe in a, a, at a restaurant or you know someplace that was uh, where there was a large audience, uh, people waiting in um, a high waiting area, mm -hmm. uh, where they would see advertisements that were dynamic and that would speak to their customers and let them know what kinds of deals and, and uh, promotions they were running. Have you thought about starting that back up? Because it seems like that sort of thing would be uh, that's sort of in vogue right now. Those these kind of interactive ads and things like that. Yeah, um, I've given it some thought, um, and I'm seeing more and more of it now. Um, in 2007, when I was doing it, it wasn't as prevalent um, in upstate New York. Um, downstate New York and New York City, where I'm from um, originally, um, I would see that all the time. I mean, you, someone could go to Times Square and see numerous uh, dynamic ads, you know, flashy things, video. Um, with text, you know, running, you know, all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. Even when you're, when someone would be walking down the street going into, uh, to take the subway, you know, there'd be a huge, you know, screen there telling you what was going to be on a, a channel for, the, for that evening or what was going to be on the news or what the weather was supposed to be. And you really didn't see too much of that stuff up here in upstate New York. So, it was it was hard to convey that to um, businesses in this area, and that was part of the difficulty that I had at the time. So, so you was more kind of a locational type of thing. Yeah, that in my mind, I think that's that was a huge part of why um, there was some difficulty at that time. But I think now people are more used to seeing something like that, where uh, if you go to the mall, the mall up here, uh, you, you will see television screens or uh, monitors, LC LCD monitors, mm -hmm. uh, showing what movies are coming out, um, letting you know that, you know, what kinds of sizes of popcorn and candy and, you know, these dynamic animations. Um, or even at fast food restaurants uh, with prices um, and, you know, special drinks and all kinds of things. Yeah, I, I see that a lot in, in fast food places, the digital menus. Right. So uh, I think people are experiencing those kinds of things now more often. And just at the time, they just hadn't seen much of that. And they were possibly a little leery on investing in something that was you know, not easily tangible or easily, you know, viewable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's go back a little bit. You're in Albany, is that right? Albany, New York? Yes. What is the design scene like uh, in Albany? Is there like a, a big vibrant scene in terms of web design or graphic design? Uh, there is a, a very interesting, uh, diverse scene here uh, where people are doing um, – a myriad of different things. Uh, a lot of people. There's a big photography community up here. There's, believe it or not, letterpress community up here. Um, there are people doing, uh, you know, all kinds of things with video. Um, so there are a lot of different kinds of, um, you know, creatives walking about, w working in, at various companies. Uh, the number of companies, however, are a little limited in that there aren't, you know, 
there aren't you know many many uh, you know design firms in the area. There are a lot of small. There are some small places, some small shops that do exist. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the number of people that do come out to events like um, you know AIGA okay. uh, events, those um, you know you get all kinds of. Um, individuals with various expertise, people that are into CSS, people that are into web, and people that are into print, and, you know, everything in between, people that are printing t-shirts, I mean, just all kinds of, you know, neat little things, and maybe not as saturated as, you know, some of the other bigger cities. Are you pretty active in the scene there? Uh, yes, I'm trying to be... Um, as active as I possibly can and try to, you know, go to these events, um, you know, show my face, but also interact with people and find out what people are doing, uh, where people are working, um, you know, networking, um, you know, uh, maybe, you know, just, just, you know, having, uh, some, some, interesting discussions with people about trends that they're seeing or, you know, hey, I just used this in a situation at work. Um, I think it could be helpful to, you know, someone else in this, you know, other situation. So just sharing ideas. So I try to get out to as many of those things as possible, like design crawls, going out to different um, shops and seeing how they do work. Um, how they speak to clients and maybe how they pitch to clients and seek seek out clients. Design crawls. I don't think I've heard of that term. So they go to different like agencies. Yeah, um, they may. Uh, I was at one earlier um, in October actually, and basically, yeah, they start at one firm that does uh, you know some sort of creative work. And, uh, you know, a representative, maybe the owner, does a little presentation of, you know, what they do, uh, shows, uh, you know, d fellow designers, designers in that area, what, you know, they have been working on, you know, the work that they've been proud of, um, some of the clients that they, you know, they have dealt with in the past, or some, you know, obstacles that they've overcome. And it's a neat way for... Um, you know, working designers, but also students who are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what I, what am I going to get into? Um, you know, how does what I'm learning in school, you know, translate to what I'm going to be doing as a professional in the next few years? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's in a way bridging that gap. Um, so then you move from one uh, firm and then you go to the next, usually by foot. Um, and then at the end, you meet up at one general uh, location. You have, you know, some drinks and talk to other people and, and right. get to network. So it's pretty chill. That's that's really nice. I wonder. I, I need to see if they have those here in Atlanta. They probably do. Although I know we couldn't walk to everywhere because Atlanta's so spread out. But right. I'll, I'll have to, to check and see because that's a really. We have groups here like Atlanta Web Design Group and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, but they tend, at least from what I can tell, they meet at the same location um, right. and people kind of come to them. It's not really sort of a thing where you're going out to a bunch of different places, but I haven't been to the group in a while. So maybe it's, it's changed from that. So doing these design crawls and being active in the community, uh, when you look back on sort of your own coming into design, did you have any mentors or anything that sort of helped you along the way? Um. In, in terms of design, I would say 
not exactly any any uh, specific mentors. I mean, uh, art-wise, you know, I could say that um, maybe within photography, my interest in photography, you know, I have an appreciation for, um, you know, cert, uh, p photographers that focus on street photography, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big interest of mine. Um, as far as, you know, like print, there are some really compelling designs that I, I see in magazines um, or in just art books. And I just try to absorb as much as I possibly can without, you know, discriminating in a sense. Um, right. Because I think there's there's almost value in everything that that you can, you know, take at take a look at, see, you know, figure it out, you know, maybe study it and maybe apply it or choose not to apply it. Um, but you know, being an observer, uh, you know, where you're taking the time and and checking things out, I think you have to kind of, you know, look at a bunch of different things to, to, it's almost like mentoring yourself in a sense mm -hmm. by being exposed uh, to various things. How do you keep uh, motivated and inspired? I would imagine music is probably a big part of that. Um, well, music is a big part of that. Um, I, there are things that. I've been listening to for years. Um, for example, um, like a Radiohead tune. I love Radiohead. Um, I may listen to it, listen to it one day, and realize that there's something in there that I have never really paid attention to, and you know, say, "Wow, that's really cool." Um, or I may revisit, you know, um, other kinds of things, uh, music or, or art, or you know, design things that I'll see like on, on certain kinds of web pages and say, wow, I never really paid in, any attention to that and it was so subtle, mm -hmm. but it's so very cool. So, um, I mean, I do get inspired by things like that. Um, you know, being able to see things beyond the surface um, and looking for messages in, in, different, in different ways and, you know, coming from different kinds of angles, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm also staying inspired by doing a lot of reading, uh, attending webinars, uh, you know, on various things, uh, WordPress, theme development, you know, um, it's inspiring to see that people are taking something, um, you know, a code base and extending it way beyond what, you know, the person that originally created it may have, you know, originally seen. Um, and putting it to, to so many different uses that, you know, not just, um, you know, designers can use, but business owners can use or musicians can use, you know. So I think that's, you know, ex that extension, extending things is, is, is a pretty cool and inspiring thing. If there's any space in the world that you could, uh, any space in the world that you could design, do some sort of design for, where would it be and what would you design? Hmm. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> and, and you can, you can you know, if you want to include sort of music in that, too, that, that works as well. Wow. Um, well, it, that's a difficult question. Uh, but I can <laughs> say that 
um, whatever it w- whatever it is or whatever it would be would have to be something that would include something visual, but something uh, but also something that is also um, audio in some sort of way. Make putting those two things together. Um, and I, in a way, I've kind of done that with a previous project that I worked on, uh, the Black Book Project, uh-huh. with my wife, where we tried to um, mix music with science. And it's, it has been done before. Um, yeah, it has been done before, but um, we didn't really see too many examples of you know this particular um, merging of things we we merged jazz music jazz original jazz compositions uh-huh. to the study of the stars cosmology and the study of the universe and um tried to put some scientific uh, you know basis in there where you know, my wife's interest uh one of her interests is uh, astronomy and you know we tried to create a multimedia presentation out of um you know combining jazz music and you know uh, astronomy and um, it almost ended up being like a like a concert documentary in a sense mm-hmm. um, if there was you know the next thing that I would do uh, I would say would possibly be some sort of merging between something visual that also has an audio component as well um, because I think for me at least um, is it's super great. It's great to hear things, but it's also super um, when you can he- you, when you hear it, but also see it. Mm-hmm. And when those two things come together, um, it can really you know create some stir up some senses in, in in the audience or or in people that might not be you know they they might not have ever, ever experienced before. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, so that's one of th- something that I'd be interested in trying again. So, so let's talk about this, uh, the Black Book Project, because when you mentioned it, I started getting a lot of different images. Like I thought of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's mm-hmm. a, a famous astrophysicist. Right. I thought of uh, the Jizza from Wu-Tang Clan. He's doing this thing with, a, I think it's a, a science professor in Harlem. I think he's in mm-hmm. Harlem. But they're doing like this thing where they combine hip-hop and learning about science. Okay. And then, of course, I'm also thinking of like the whole Afrofuturism movement and how this sort of thing plays into it. Sort of like notes of of maybe Alice Coltrane or Robert Glasper or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you still you still working with the project, or has it sort of taken a backseat? Um, well, we are still working with the project. Um, we've it, we. It debuted in 2008, so that's wow, five years ago. Actually, in November of 2008, wow. so it's almost exactly five years ago. Um, but yes, yeah, since then, I mean, we've performed it at uh, various colleges, um, at various science museums, um, and we j- recently did something about a month and a half ago where we're hopefully going to get it aired on PBS or part of it, part of this multimedia thing. Mm -hmm. So we are doing portions of it in different situations. um, And um, we were talking about maybe looking into doing a new one or um, maybe uh, a different focus because in the, the original 
presentation, we talked about uh, supernovas, mm -hmm. galaxies, uh, dark matter, uh, dark energy, um, exploding, you know, uh, stars. Uh, I mean, we talked about a whole bunch of things, but there's so many things that even that haven't even been um, talked about by scientists that weren't talked about by scientists at that time in 2008 that we could totally get into now. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I don't see it as a, a project that is necessarily closed, but I think it's something worth revisiting and, and maybe turning into, you know, maybe updating or revising and, oh, yeah. maybe, and uh, you know, putting some new music to it because we released a CD at the time with that concert. Um, so there was a CD that went with that with that multimedia presentation. So and you could also end up, you know, sort of uh, doing the web design and everything for it too. Yeah, um, and you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, if you're, I found that that's a huge. That's very difficult to if you want to do so many different things. It's like wow. Where am I? When am I going to find the time to do, mm -hmm. you know, the design for you know this multimedia project, and then do the website, and uh, somehow, and that's I think that's something that I've, I'm always trying to work on and trying to distribute right. my efforts in different places so that you know nothing falls apart. Um, I can tell you now, like the website for the Black Book project needs work. <laughs> you know, I, I need to go back and and visit that among the other things that you know I should be doing or need to do. Um, but I, I think there's, I think probably everybody has a little bit of something that they really should be getting, <laughs> mm -hmm. need to get done, and you know. So, but I, I think it's it's all part of being creative too. Um, well, I think if you if you decide to bring it back, I don't know uh, if you if this is an option, but you could maybe do a Kickstarter campaign or an Indiegogo campaign or something to raise funds for it, mm. and then also sort of reach out to the science community. To I know, for example, uh, Dr. Danielle Lee, who writes for the Scientific American or Scientific American, uh, she she works with I think it's hip hop and science like sort of mixing the two which i mean jazz and hip-hop are kind of like play cousins right sort of in that tangential sort of arena uh, right. but i think something like this if you're really if you're really trying to take it somewhere um there will be people out there that would help you spread the word because i th that that whole science uh, it's it's blacks in tech but this is also kind of like blacks in science too and uh there's that there's kind of that there's like an Afrofuturism component to it and you know it's music and it's science like yeah if, if you were really if you wanted to sort of take the Black Book Project to the next level mm -hmm. I don't think it would be that hard to do because I think that there's certainly the fandom or, well the audience I should say the audience <laughs> is definitely out there I think for something like this right because the closest thing that I could think of which could relate which really is a bit of a stretch but i'm thinking are you familiar with robert glasper he's a jazz pianist yes I know. and he has he has these two albums well he has several albums but there's two that he does where he collaborates with other artists it's called black radio and black radio 2 just recently came out um and it's collaborating with different artists like uh brandy jill scott marsha ambrosius etc 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 right uh that kind of thing um it's a possibility. I mean, if it's something that, that you want to do, and it could also be a way to 
sort of get your design up because then you'll be working on designing the site and doing the project and everything. Right. I mean, well, I can say, um, you know, as a result of even, you know, putting something like that together, we had the opportunity to work with a STEM program, um, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics uh, with uh, the university at Albany uh, that's, you know, in upstate New York. And um, for an, a few summers, we were working with youth that were middle school age and, you know, almost ready for high school and, you know, presenting to them that, you know, there are you know, it's possible to have a career in science and you know you know how do you you know we, we we're going to talk to you about music but we can also talk to you about science at the same time mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have had that experience you know working with um you know a gentleman that that passed away like last year he was uh, a professor at uh, university of albany we wouldn't have had the chance to work with somebody like him that saw um, maybe the tie between you know music and science if we hadn't done the Black Book project at all. Mm -hmm. But I still I, like I agree I totally agree with you. We could still there's still a lot of room for you know adding stuff and you know pursuing it um, and seeing what other people are doing too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up now and the uh, the professor his name is Christopher Emden E M D I N and he wrote a book called Urban Science Education for the Hip Hop Generation. And cool. he was collaborating with Jizza to try to help bring science into hip hop, or right. and, you know, bring hip hop into science. That whole kind of you know, you got your peanut butter, my chocolate sort of thing. Right. Uh, I, I think. I mean, if if this is a an option to to go for, it's right. it's certainly absolutely doable because it's right along those same uh, right along those same lines, science right. and music. So I wouldn't. Uh, that could be like the next big thing. Right, possibly, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, the, and I appreciate that um, that note. Thank you. Um, I, the other thing I wanted to add too is that you know, with everything that I'm interested in doing, I'm learning something as a result of it. Mm -hmm. um, if I if, if I didn't do that project, I would not have had the ability to practice and work on learn about video editing. Because video was a component of that that uh, project, uh -huh. or even storyboarding for that matter. Um, you know, I really got into storyboarding because there was such a huge uh, dynamic visual element of that. And you know, for each thing that I, I'm taking on, you know, I am. It appears that I'm learning stuff as a result of it, which you know, after after the fact, you know, I feel like I. You know, I feel a little bit more, you know, confident about, you know, certain areas that I didn't, you know, know about before. So it's, it's, it's a cool process, mm -hmm. you know, of discovery and exploration. Absolutely. Where can our readers find you online? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn um, by doing a search on my name, <laughs> Michael Roach. Okay. Um, also, I do have a portfolio out there. And it is on Folio HD, and um, they can do a search by uh, you know Michael Roach and FolioHD.com. I'm also on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is mr0ach, just to be difficult. <laughs> um, so those those are currently the the ways that I can be reached there. 
All right. Michael, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for this interview. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you, Maurice. I really appreciate it, too. And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Michael Roach, and thanks to you for listening. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like what we're doing with these podcasts, you can help sponsor the show. Contact information will be included in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.